You are listening to A Shoulder to Crime On. Topics discussed on this show may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I'm just, hi Lucy. Are we on? <laughs> yeah. Why do you keep freezing? Is that my internet? I don't know. You freeze and then I freeze. Hi. <laughs> are we? Am I frozen right now? No. Okay. So there might be a lag, but I've got this microphone on. So maybe I'll sound better than I have before, except for the fact that I sound like your smoking grandmother. That's flash like a cartoon. Your teenage is. brother going through puberty. But I said that'll either make this recording like extra spooky or extra sexy. Either way, <laughs> you want to look at it. Some people will think it's sexy. Some people will think it's. Most people will think it's sexy. Some people will just be like, God, why is Edna talking? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking get Marlis with her free lights off the microphone, please. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) I wish I could smoke cigarettes. I I wish I could do everything that I can't do. I'm saying, like, do you have to quit smoking? I was wondering if you have to quit smoking. I can't smoke, like, I mean, I I can't smoke, like, pot either. So I've been eating a lot of edibles, and then they put me on pain pills because my body's in pain from trying to breathe, but they make me so constipated, so I just eat a bunch of edibles and try to, like, lapse into a coma, but it doesn't always work, and so I'm just in this constant state of, like, jacked up on steroids, but on pain pills, or, like, too stoned, and I sound like a monster. (laughs) Thank you. Regardless. I also... And drinking this coffee that I finally got this microphone plugged in with my headphones working and I want to refill my cup, but I don't want to like touch anything or put anything down. And I really want to yell at Nicole to come fill my coffee for me, but I don't think she'll appreciate it because she's in bed. So I'm just, gonna... just text her. Maybe I'll just bring the whole pot out here. <laughs> but don't, don't move anything. Right? No sweet baby. Well, anyway. We're recording, right? Yeah, we're recording. We're live. We're live. Okay, I just thought so. I just for like the last two and a half minutes. Sure. So I'll apologize in advance for the way that I sound. I'm sick. The people didn't catch on to that. That's why I've been gone for a month. But now we're back, and it's gonna be great. Yeah. Finally recording episode eight. Yes. Christmas Christmas. in January. It's like Christmas in July, but more Christmassy. Oh, sure. And it still is, it's my favorite, this is like my favorite case ever. I'm so stoked. I've been so stoked. I mean, just couldn't do it. And I'm just, I even, there's a book about it that I've been waiting to get my hands on forever that I finally got through an interlibrary loan that I can go pick up this week. Because they wrote this book about this case and they only made like a thousand copies or something. So you can buy them online for like a hundred dollars, which is fucking stupid. Wow. And there's like 10 libraries in the country that have it but I finally got one why did they make so few that's weird I don't know I don't and it was like it sold right away so you'd think they'd do more but fuck them I'm starting to get into complex about my gravelly voice just tell me it's okay (laughs) a complex like 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 you're embarrassed kind of I mean I already kind of sounded like a boy and now I'm just like it's okay okay it's gonna be okay you just sound okay. like great grandma Martha. <laughs> Loves it Capri Light One Hundreds. <laughs> and like 
box wine. I always felt if my mom kept smoking that she'd sound like you right now. (laughs) One of my dad's sisters, she's like really big into like fake nails. She's like in her 60s, like really long fake nails, smokes the skinny cigarettes and just drinks like Chablis. Like she like, I consider it to be almost cooking wine. That's like, and like has the same per, like always and just sits there with her voice and her nails. So I kind of... But I have shitty nails. No cigarettes, no Chablis. <laughs> she sounds like a darling. What? <laughs> what? She sounds she, darling. I haven't seen her in like 10 years. I'm sure she's doing great. <laughs> Hopefully she's listening so she can be like, hey! <laughs> that little bitch. I doubt it. <laughs> well, Whatever. since it's your favorite case, do you want to go first or do you want to go last? I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? I don't. I don't know either. I don't feel like you care as much as I, I do about this case. Well, I don't know anything about it. So <laughs> <laughs> I literally only know the name of it. I didn't even look it up. Why would oh! I spoil the surprise? I'm glad you didn't. I'm so excited. I, well, no, gotta. Okay, I have to be you surprised. Know, okay. Pancake. Oh, mom's coffee. <laughs> I've been like. So he needs, like, a real haircut, but you have to clip off, like, the big chunks before you can go over it with clippers. And so just for the last, like, since I've been home from the hospital, I've been, like, whenever he walks by, I'll just cut off, like, a chunk whenever I can. And so he looks fucking... He looks like Edward Scissorhands sculptures out of bushes. And I just look like I took... He looks so bad. He looks homeless and... He's just missing chunks of hair, but it's okay. I cut his foot yesterday, and I was just like, my anxiety is bad already. I cried for like 20 minutes because I'm like, I'm a terrible mother. I bet he forgave you, though, because, you know, dogs are saints. I think he did. I think he did. Life outside of the ranch is hard. <laughs> the ranch is the hospital. That's what I call the hospital now, folks. Lucy, good ice cubes. Lucy is not from Colorado, which makes this so much better. She calls Highlands Ranch the ranch where her hospital that she goes to is. Well, that's cool. I'd be like, well, going to the ranch for a week. And I just love it. I've been telling all the nurses that there, and they're like, oh my god, I love that. I'm of course like, they know, do. Right? <laughs> Thank you. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> okay, anyway. Yeah, Let's dive into these Christmas murders of sadness. What I want you to do quick is talk for like 30 seconds. Tell me, tell me a joke. Tell everybody a joke. And while you're telling that joke, I'm going to go get my coffee. But I want you to tell a joke while I'm gone. A joke? I don't know any jokes. Um... Yeah. You're on the spot. I'm walking away. This is Kinsey. Don't leave me alone. (laughs) I don't know jokes. Oh no. Oh no. I'm looking one up. Just wait. I got this. Um, um, oh, these are dark. I looked up murder jokes. Oh no, this just says worst jokes ever. Oh no, murder jokes. Let's see. If you push someone that's bullying, if you kill someone that's murder, if there's no evidence, it's nothing. Is that a joke? I don't know what the fuck I just walked back <laughs> into, but it didn't. Sound like a joke. Did you just Google something like really stupid? I looked up 
<laughs> murder jokes. You're supposed to come up with it yourself. I'm not good with those. I'm not good on a good day of being like ad libbing of anything like that. Um, what fun than playing with your kids? What? Wait, say it again. Can you hear me? Yeah, say it again. I said, what's more fun than playing with your kids? Oh, what? What's more fun than playing with you? What? <laughs> playing with the box they came in. Kids don't come in boxes. Kinsey! <laughs> it's a vagina joke. Oh. Your box? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so, okay. I'm very literal. I can't. <laughs> Jesus. You really ruined that one for me. And I love a good box, box joke. God. Like, literally, I remember all through growing up, anything in school, when they'd be like, oh, do this, do that, tell me a joke, I'd just freeze. I don't have anything. Like, it's like anxiety. <laughs> I can't think fast enough. And well, then... I'll get you a little list going of ones <laughs> that you can, like, hammer off to people. Listen, and then when I go to bed yeah. tonight, I'll be up for, like, four hours going, I could have said this, 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 and this. <laughs> so... <laughs> next time. So thanks for giving me something to stay up about tonight. <laughs> All right, now that I gave my awful like not joke. Other things. What? <laughs> I can't wait to go back and listen to this so I can hear it. It's going to be awful. <laughs> I apologize I for everyone who's listening. No wonder like we only get like 20 plays per episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think me having this microphone will help. Do I you? also think that my new sultry voice will help and did you hear that squeak and this Aaliyah t-shirt that I'm wearing will also help I've kind of never felt cooler I'll believe it when I see it (laughs) I'm gonna work on a website I'm gonna stop going to the hospital for extended periods of time yeah that'd be a good we're gonna be fine we're going to bounce back. We are. We're going to try to, at least. Well, We're bouncing back. You know, I was listening to, like, I don't know what podcast it was the other day, but it was some they were, like, on season five. And some girl was like, if you start listening to a new podcast, she's like, start from, like, where you are now and go backwards. She's like, don't even start at the beginning because the first, like, 20 episodes are always just, like, Our trash. your world. <laughs> first. Oh, ever. For sure. You know what I mean? Yes. It's true. All right, so are you going first okay. or am I going first? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, rock, paper, you go, I, you go, you. You want me to go first? Okay, we'll save the best yeah. for last. Cool. <laughs> so excited. Giddy Lucy over here. All right, so my case from four weeks ago. <laughs> is the Christmas. It's a Christmas murder. It's the Covina massacre. I hope I'm saying that name right. Last name. I don't know. If, if you aren't, you the fuck cares. Yeah. So the Covina massacre occurred on December 24th, 2008 in Covina. <laughs> it's a city in the suburbs <laughs> of Los Angeles. Um, Nine people were killed from either gunshot wounds or an arson fire inside a house where a Christmas Eve party was being held. 
sounds like a rager. <laughs> oh, it, it got exciting, that's for sure. <laughs> so, at approximately 11.30 p.m., Bruce Jeffrey Pardo, dressed in a Santa suit, knocked on the door of his former in-law's house, occupied with about 25 people. He had a gift-wrapped package that contained a homemade flamethrower in one hand. Oh, shit. Yeah. And a semi-automatic handgun in the other hand. He also had three additional semi-automatic handguns in his possession. I guess Santa suits, you can really tote shit in, you, you know? You can pack a lot of shit in there. <laughs> so, how does... what? what is a flamethrower just like a... Like a gasoline gun? I mean, I guess. I don't know the particular nature of how you make a homemade flamethrower that fits inside a box. I would think you just, like, light a can of gasoline on fire and throw it. There's clearly more to <laughs> it that. Isn't that, like, a Molotov cocktail then at that point? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Touche. I mean, I don't know. Right, you are. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. I want to switch Skype around so that I can look at my own t-shirt. Oh, I want to stare at your chest. That's great. This is where exactly I want to look at you. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So when the door opened, Pardo fired the handgun at an eight-year-old girl as she ran to greet him, injuring her in the face. And then, Why? Because he's a douchebag. Was he invited to this party? No. 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 <laughs> this is his former in-laws, his ex-wife's parents. Like, ex-wife. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he then fired indiscriminately at fleeing partygoers. Police speculate that Pardo may have stood over and pointedly executed some of the victims using other handguns. After the shootings, Pardo unwrapped the package containing the homemade flamethrower and used it to spray racing fuel, gasoline, to set the home ablaze. You know what's weird to me? Why would you even put it in a package? Like, if you're going to start shooting as soon as someone say, opens the like door. wrapped? Like, what, well, <laughs> what was the point of hiding it? Sent it to someone? Yeah, I'm like, right? you literally started shooting immediately upon an oh, eight-year-old girl opening the door. What'd you need to yeah. hide your flamethrower for? You know, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this guy probably doesn't make, like, the most logical decisions. So, really, there's probably not a good reason. Yeah, so weird. Um, okay, so let's see. So, nine people died from either gunfire or flames, and three others were wounded, including the eight-year-old girl who was shot in the face with severe but non-life-threatening injuries. Which I, like, don't understand how that happens when someone gets shot in the face. How shot are they the not face. dead? I just don't. Wow. To me, I just assume that you'd be dead immediately. Like, because it's your fucking head. Yeah, it's like, your head. You're like, ugh, your carotid's like there, every, your brain's the there. The control base. I just, it always baffles me when people survive that. Um, I don't know if I'd want to survive that. And let's see what else happened here. Oh, so she survived her injuries. A 16-year-old girl shot and wounded in the back and a 20-year-old woman who suffered a broken ankle jumping out of the second floor window. So those were the ones who survived. One survivor called the authorities during the attack after escaping to a neighbor's house. The resulting fire soared about 40 to 50 feet and took 80 firefighters an hour and a half to extinguish. Due to the intensity of the fire, identification... firefighters? Yeah, 80. <laughs> Are you, like, excited? <laughs> Lucy oh, wants to see 80. Number. That is. Um, I thought see. I could have gotten one of them to marry me. Right, be like, so... <laughs> Um, so, due to the intensity of the fire, identification of the victims had been done by referencing dental and medical records. 
one out of 80, my odds are pretty fucking good. You'd think. <laughs> Only if one's from, like, another country. Um, what? Because you're, like, da- doing your dating apps in other countries. Okay, 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 okay. Let's not just out me here. First of all, yes, though. Oh. Okay. She's not dating so, from other countries on apps. That's not what she wants. Okay, it's... well, a thing that I did. Okay, so I got those, like, original ideas that I had for it. Threw those out the window because it was just way too insane. So what I did is I re-downloaded Hinge, but I changed my location to Dublin because that's my favorite place. And so... me and my whole family, we just love the Irish. And so now I'm just getting hit up by all these Irish men. But then they're, they're on, like, super mega lockdown number three over there. And so they're like, well, what are you doing over lockdown? And I'm like, funny story, I'm not there. And I don't know when I will be, but let's talk about marriage. So, okay, one visa, right? <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Okay, so basically you're one still... One of my over there, his name is Ducky, and I love him dearly. And I'm like, maybe, like, Ducky, like, he's just, just like this big graffy guy who smokes cigarettes and, like, has his beer guy hanging out all the time, wears, like, leather vests. But he's the most delightful Irishman. And I'm like, let's just fucking get married. And he's like, well, I want to come to Colorado. I'm like, we can do a citizenship. Like, you can come here. I'll stay in Ireland. and Everything will be fine. It'll only take, like, two years to get everything figured out. (laughs) Well, I mean, we've already, like, have it established. Like, we have photos together and stuff. So I think our application process will go pretty quick. Well, maybe. There's a new administration coming in. So it's a possibility. (laughs) I see. (laughs) Uh, anyway, so much has happened since we recorded last. Keep going. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Pardo, sorry Pardo the flight blower. Yes. Thrower. So yeah. after the attack, Pardo put on his street clothes and drove his Dodge Caliber rental car to his brother's <laughs> house. <laughs> Stop it! Thank you for adding it. Well, I had to. <laughs> to his brother's I house. In <laughs> Salmar. Um, Salmar. <laughs> <laughs> about 30 miles away from the crime scene where he was later found dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound because he's an asshole his brother <laughs> his brother was not present in the home at the time of pardo's death it was initially believed that pardo intended to flee to canada by plane as he bought an airplane ticket to a flight on air canada However, sub- subsequently, it was discovered the flight was from L.A. to Moline, Illinois, with a layover in Minnesota. <laughs> Part- so it didn't really no. work out for him. No. So Pardo had called days before to tell his high school friend that he was planning to visit, but investigators are unsure if he intended to go or if the flight was to fool investigators. He had also recently just visited that friend before in October. Um... So, however, due to suffering from severe third-degree burns on his arms stemming from the blaze, as you know, he made his own flamethrower, he decided decided to go against the initial plan. Police found $17,000 in cash cling-wrapped on his legs inside a girdle, and his rental car that had been parked one block from his brother's house had been rigged by remnants of his Santa suit that would ignite a flame and detonate the car with black powder if removed. Stop. Too much work. 
Also recovered from the scene were four 13-round capacity handguns that were each empty and at least 200 rounds of ammunition, suggesting that what had been inside the car was being treated as a threat. A bomb squad fired an incendiary device into it, destroying and burning it. At Pardo's house in Montrose, police had recovered five empty boxes for semi-automatic handguns, two shotguns, and a container for high-octane fuel tank gasoline. He was, like, so mad. Like, that was just so excessive. Like, at what? Get a fucking hobby. I mean, I guess that is his hobby, but Jesus. Killing his ex-wife's family. <laughs> like, do you need to spend all that money on all that stupid bullshit to do it? I mean, some people feel like they have to. Did you see my coffee cup, by the way? Oh, what's that say? The magic is in the hole. The magic is in the hole. Oh. <laughs> vagina joke. Is it another vagina joke? Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I was like trying to come up with something to do with boxes again and it didn't fit. <laughs> I shouldn't have left you alone. I apologize. <laughs> so anyway... At least three victims' deaths were caused by gunshot wounds alone, while four others died from a combination of both gunshot wounds and fire, and two deaths done from the fire alone. Victims included Pardo's ex-wife, Sylvia Ortega Pardo, her parents, and many of her family members. Police speculate that the motive of the attack was related to marital problems. Go figure. Hence, ex-wife. Pardo's Shut. wife... Yeah, and this is what's even stupider. Pardo's wife of one year had settled for divorce in the prior week. However, Pardo held no criminal record and had no history of violence. He had been fired from his job as an electrical electrical oh my gosh, as an electrical engineer at ITT Electric Systems Radar Systems in July. There's some speculation that the divorce may have been caused by Pardo's concealing a child from a previous relationship. Mm-hmm. Which why like, was he fired? We don't know. No. We don't. I don't think so. Maybe it tells me. I don't. I haven't looked at this case literally in weeks. <laughs> I know. Like I, I said, remember. I went back and like touched up on mine when I was in the hospital like five days ago. But we'll get I haven't looked at it in three weeks. So, so. maybe, maybe it Jesus tells take me. The wheel. We'll find out. This is as much of a surprise to me as it is to you. So great. Um. So the child was severely injured in a swimming pool accident several years previous. So I guess he felt like he needed to hide that from his wife. I don't know. Maybe he injured the child in the swimming pool. Oh, maybe. Maybe he's just a monster. Well, (laughs) yeah. So the couple wed in January of 2006, but soon grew apart after their marriage when uh, Mr. Pardo refused to open a joint account with Mrs. Pardo. He also expected Mrs. Pardo to take care of her own three children with her own finances. That ain't how marriage works, bruh. I would say, like, once you marry someone, like, you're stuck with everything. Like, what's the fucking point of getting married if you're not going to, like, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. Like, I just don't. I don't understand. I don't understand anything. Oh, yeah, I don't understand anything. It's all just a blur. So, in June 20, or 2008, divorce court had ordered Bruce Pardo to pay, this is a lot, $1,785 a month in spousal support. Like, can you imagine that? Having to pay that much? No, to your... that's like my, that's my rent. <laughs> like. I always tell Aaron, I'm like, Aaron, if we ever get divorced, like, I just, like, that's agree to not be assholes. 
<laughs> parents like okay <laughs> you know what I mean like obviously shared custody we're not awful people and no you shouldn't owe me money I'll owe you the rest of my life probably not I mean it's yeah. wishful thinking <laughs> but I mean like even if I was with someone I just don't understand I don't know I feel like that's how you get better people like that <laughs> Say you quit your job so you could take care of everything while your husband went to school to be a doctor. And then he divorced you once he became a doctor, but you didn't have any money because you spent your whole life taking care of him. That's when he owes you money. Except the hard part is if he divorces me right when he gets his medical degree, all I get is half his debt. (laughs) He hasn't made anything. (laughs) Yeah, touche. I don't know. Don't marry doctors, guys. Well, also, like, if you get spiteful, I just feel... That's when murder happens. It's when murder happens. Money, <laughs> divorce. I mean... And marriage. The only time, like, I feel like I'd be very spiteful in my divorce would be if, like, you cheated on me or had something... Yeah, like, three, me. like, illegitimate children or something. Yeah, like, if you lied to me the whole time, I'd probably not want to talk to you. It's still let you see your child, but... Right, don't... but even then, I feel like I'd be too... I would just be too much like fuck you to like yeah. deal with wanting I'm to like, get their money I, and stuff you know what I mean yeah I'm like I don't want like, to just go the fuck away you. just take your child on the weekends and bye <laughs> <laughs> good for me anyway so he was requested to pay almost $1,800 a month in spouse and support. when what year was this this is 2008 so that's like significantly more money now than it was then right uh, yeah probably like two it was a decade ago Oh, fuck, it's already been a That's so yeah. crazy. <laughs> yep. Time just flies. Um, during the divorce proceedings, Bruce had confided to a friend that his wife was taking him to the cleaners. In July, Mr. Pardo was fired for billing false hours, and the court suspended the payments due to hardship. So that's why he was fired. He was billing false hours in the <laughs> company. Um, so, but that was in July, so literally, there was, like, no time whatsoever. He... In June, he was said to pay the spousal support. Come July, he didn't have to pay because of hardship. So, really, he never even paid her probably anything. Anyway, it was revealed that he had planned to kill his own mother after the massacre at Sylvia's home due to their apparent sympathy for Sylvia during the divorce. You know what I think, though? I feel like if you're married for a year, you're not entitled entitled to shit from either person. I agree. Like it's been a year. It's Nothing been a year. I think you gotta make it to the five year mark before you can 100%. start requesting. Like, come on. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah. So he planned to kill his mom because she had sympathy for Sylvia. Boo hoo. Poor him. Boo hoo. <laughs> Pardo was required to pay Sylvia ten thousand dollars as part of the divorce settlement, according to court documents. Um. So ooh, that sucks. Like ten thousand, ten thousand, and then. $1,800 a month. Ugh. Anyway, Sylvia kept the wedding ring and the family dog. In a court de- declaration, Pardo complained that Sylvia was living with her parents, not paying rent, and had spent lavishly on a luxury car, gambling trips to Las Vegas, meals at fine restaurants, massages, massages, and golf lessons. So he was golf just lessons. upset that she was living her best life after divorcing him and taking all his money. As one does. So that's it. He literally killed all those people just because he was bitter with his ex-wife. I mean, I get pretty fucking bitter, but... I know, but, like, she, you guys literally divorced because you lied, one, and then, okay, sure, yeah, I agree, it's fucked up that she took you to the cleaners, but at the same time, it's like... Took you to the cleaners. I swear to God. (laughs) 
But at the same time, I just feel like pay your money and move on. Like money right. can be remade. Or just like figure out a different way to not pay your money. You yeah. don't necessarily need to like massacre everyone. And like, like if you're going to be dead, I mean, just kill yourself. Not, you know? Yeah. Like, and then after all that, you go kill yourself because you burnt your hands. Like, <laughs> I mean, dude, as much as I love my hands, I get it. Like I burnt my hands. I can't get on my flight to Canada now. I gotta go kill Fuck myself. Me. Um, one of the things with this autoimmune disease I have is like it does weird shit to your skin, and so like the skin on my feet and my hands, like you can kind of see it around my fingers. I'm not gonna like try to show you, but <laughs> it almost looks like dry skin, but it's the skin just gets hard. Oh, like calluses. Kind of like that, but, like, harder, and it's just fucking weird. Like, like, I can take, like, a nail clipper to the skin on the side of my thumbnail and just clip it off, like, just a hunk of, like, and then it'll be back in, like, a day. Whoa. It's really weird. Oh. And so I don't like my hands either, and so I guess I understand why maybe he killed himself, because it's hard to have things happen to your skin. <laughs> I'm like, the biology in me is trying to think of what causes that in autoimmune diseases. It's that, well, I know it's like a, there's so many things coming into play, but like collagen, there's a lot of collagen building up, but I don't, I know that's affecting like my joints and stuff, but I guess I don't know. And then something with like white blood cells in the, like your extremities, I don't know. high immunoglobin A or something, or immunoglobin yeah. Because all that's happening, and then so my body's, like, attacking mm-hmm. it, and, yeah, it's, it's just... Sorry for the... I love biology things. Like, as soon as you start, I'm like, ooh. Every time I go to I the know, doctor... I like, really go deep into thought there. <laughs> I, I literally, when I went to my OBGYN, and I'm like, oh, so my last pregnancy, I had a pneumothorax, a spontaneous pneumothorax, and he's like, ooh, fancy. He was probably like, shut up. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but, like, I know what you're talking about. Talk to me like I'm, like, an educated human and not just, like, some random person that doesn't know right, her body like, parts from her I really have to pay attention to what I say to her. <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm like, just tell me how it is. Like, I'm very interested. I like it. I wanted to go to med school at one point, and clearly yeah. I didn't. But I love health stuff. So tell me all your weird things. You can email us and tell me all your weird things too. I'll I'll read it. <laughs> Somebody just fucking emails about something. Just send us one goddamn email to our email address. I think please. my friend Trish has, but we I, I need to log into it on my phone. Oh, shit. I guess I've honestly I've never logged in and checked it. I need to log so. in. When I got my new phone, it like kicked me out, and I have yet to log in. She's like, "Did you I get my say, email?" I have it done for my phone also. I get the Instagram notifications, but, but listen, nothing for email. So maybe we do have email. We are gonna check our email literally today. I swear to God, yes, in like one hour. And Patricia, thank you so much for writing into us. As soon as I read it i'm gonna shout you out hardcore on our next episode well and let's just give a quick shout out to terry ashley who so lovingly posted <laughs> on my facebook wall just desperate to hear our beautiful voices during this trying time this pandemic and stick lucy and well everyone knows my problem now i'm just <laughs> pregnant and sick all the time so oh, we had let that, I wasn't sure we, we were talking about out. it yet. I mean my whole family knows so who cares okay so I have an autoimmune disease Kinsey's pregnant between the two of us the emotions and the mood pain and the stuff are just at an all-time high it's it's so much so fun, we're both doing great but we need you more but than ever now pregnant lady 
<laughs> Gee, thanks. You're the cutest little autoimmune disease lady. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. <laughs> With your cute little sexy voice and that's like all like pain meds blah, blah, blah. have me all constipated so my stomach looks like Kinsey's does except yeah. I am not with child let's not so. talk about constipation that hits close to home for me too <laughs> I'm so okay yeah touchy subject for everyone involved so why do you think I'm drinking a fucking pot of coffee right now I'm just drinking like a lot of coffee and a lot of dairy just it hoping that it'll like the because sometimes, like, stool softeners scare me because I'm afraid it'll, like... I don't think stool softeners make you have to go. I think they literally just soften your poo. Well, so what is dairy? I mean, you could be, like, <laughs> Aaron took, like, a huge thing of, like, Miralax or something one day, and he was probably on the toilet for hours. Fuck, see, that shit freaks me out. It's like, I don't want to be out in the wild and have it, like... Out in the wild. Just... <laughs> pregnant and sick all the time so oh, we had let that. I wasn't sure we, we were talking about it yet. I mean my whole family knows so who cares okay so I have an autoimmune disease Kinsey's pregnant between the two of us the emotions and the pain and the stuff are just at an all-time high it's it's so much so fun, we're both doing great but we need you more than ever now pregnant lady Oh, gee, thanks. You're the cutest little autoimmune disease lady. Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. <laughs> With your cute little sexy voice and that's like all these like. And have me all constipated, so my stomach looks like Kinsey's does, except yeah. I am not with child. Let's not so. talk about constipation. That hits close to home for me, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, touchy subject for everyone involved. So, why do you think I'm drinking a fucking pot of coffee right now? I'm just drinking like a lot of coffee and a lot of dairy. Just like because sometimes like stool softeners scare me because I'm afraid it'll like. I don't think stool softeners make you have to go. I think they literally just soften your poo. Well, so what is dairy? I mean, you could be like <laughs> Aaron took like a huge thing of like Miralax or something one day, and he was probably on the toilet for Fuck, hours. <laughs> see, that shit freaks me out. It's like I don't want to be out in the wild and have it like out in the wild. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Just be <laughs> out in the wild. Here in my backyard, days, like, out I in the wild. Don't I don't want to be a 7-Eleven and have my Miralax kick in. <laughs> Fuck me. That's why when you take it, you don't leave your house. What if you got, like, what if something comes up? I don't know. I don't trust it. All it's right. very scary. They tried to get me to take some at the hospital, and I was like, I'm, I'm just going to hold. I'm like, I'm just going <laughs> to. Do this the natural way, the hard way. Literally. Drinking a shit ton of caffeine. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so now I'm really excited for your case. Let's get into your case. So. Okay. 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 All right. So this, I don't. I couldn't. I feel like there are just a number of reasons why this is like one of my favorite murders. A number one, the time period. It's, like, one of my favorite time periods for weird murders, and it happened in, like, the South, and I feel like the South at, like, the turn of the century was, like, deep and dark. Couldn't get much creepier, really. (laughs) Really, it couldn't. And just, like, there is this raisin cake involved, which we'll get to that, but I think that's, like, one of the most fascinating parts for me. Is a raisin cake, like, a fruit cake, but just with raisins? I don't think there are even raisins in it. It was just a white cake with raisins stuck to it. 
Gross. I've never had a fruitcake. Mm, I've seen a fruitcake. I've never eaten a fruitcake. I've heard too much gross about it. Huh? And yet, they come like little loaves. They like loaves. Um, that or they're like brown, kind of like bunt cakes, I think. No, I'm just guessing. I don't know. I think they're Maybe dense and gross. Maybe I've like a store bought. I don't fucking know. <laughs> anyway, so what, what's your favorite? It's your, what year was it in? Okay, it's happened in um, 1929 mm-hmm. in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Backwards, kind of. Backwards? Picture it. Um, yeah. Also, I just feel like someone who was killed in like the 1920s in North Carolina, like, they're totally out hunting more stuff than somebody that was killed in, like, 2020 North Carolina. You know what I mean? I don't know why. It's just felt like they called out here snapping their fingers at him now. Ooh, I heard her. Get. Yeah, that's her. She doesn't open her mouth. Yeah. She sounds very Texan or something. But, okay. North Carolina, 1929. Here we go. 43-year-old Charlie Lawson was the head of the Lawson household, along with his wife, Fanny. Together, they had seven children. You like that? I do. (laughs) Okay. Well, seven children. Marie's 17. Arthur is 16. Carrie is 12. Maybelle is 7. James is 4. Raymond is 2. And little Mary Lou was 4 months old. Um, They did have a son, William, who died at age 6. He doesn't play a part in my story, so whatever. Before the murders. Um, back then, there was some. It was when the statistics were crazy, and like sixty percent of children don't make it past age five. So, like, yeah, oh right. Lord, right. That's insane. Well, clearly it's, they broke the odds. How many kids did they have, and like only 12. one died? Yeah, seven. Wow. Okay, well, seven. good for Eight, them. Counting William, rest in peace. Okay. So Charlie and his brothers were all tenant tobacco farmers, meaning they, like, lived on the farm. Like, yeah, like, worked it to live there, basically. Yeah. Like, someone else owned it. Yeah. Um, and in 1927, Charlie saved up enough money to buy his own farm mm-hmm. near his brother Marion. Marion and his wife, Jetty, had a farm in an area of North Carolina called Germantown. And so Marion's wife, Jetty, and Fanny spent a lot of time together taking care of their 8,000 children um, until Jetty died from an infection after delivering a baby. (laughs) So Marion and Jetty's oldest daughter, Stella, took over the household duties for her siblings. Just remember Cousin Stella because she's going to be important later, okay? Cousin Stella, okay. Cousin Stella. All right. Charlie was kind of known for having a short temper. He was a little quiet and weird. Um, One story account says that one time while he was out working the fields with his 16-year-old son, Arthur, um, Charlie got upset and went to, like, beat Arthur with a switch. You know, just like a stick. (laughs) Switch. I don't know what the fucking difference is, but... um, But he hit Arthur with it, and Arthur grabbed it out of Charlie's hands and snapped it over his knee. And that was, like, the last time Charlie ever fucked with Arthur, but it wasn't the last time he ever fucked with anybody else. Go figure. Yes. Um, so, in the months before the murders, 
the murder, plural. Um, People started noticing increasingly odd behavior coming from Charlie. Um, He would walk around and he'd tell Fanny all the time that he, like, had something to tell her, but then he'd never tell her anything. And she told her one of her sister-in-laws that Charlie would, like, wake up in the middle of the night and, like, go out to the barn and check his guns and, like, clean his guns and just, like, he's being really fucking weird. Um, And so... Shortly before Christmas of 1929, Charlie loaded up the whole family and took them into the city. Um, He let everyone buy brand new clothes. Um, Like Marie, the 16-year-old, wanted like silk stockings. And he said, no, Charlie, like, let them get whatever they want. And they got like a a professional portrait done, which was really, it was rare for the time because that shit's really expensive. Mm -hmm. And... Like, they had decent money, so people weren't, like, totally confused. But, like, it wasn't a normal thing for people back then to do, especially farmers. Okay. Um, so so that was, like, super weird. And I posted that picture on the Instagram page. Oh, and once right. you hear the whole story, you have to go look at it because it's just, like, fucking creepy as shit. And, like, maybe it's because you know what happened to them or maybe it's because it's 1929. But it's, like, super just disturbing and obvious like Marie the 16 year old just looks like she's like gripping onto the chair in front of her like for dear life and like scowling at the camera so they look happy right happiest family ever so Christmas day 1929 this is where things get ugly hold on to your seats oh I'm holding okay so Arthur the 16 year old Mm -hmm. and his cousin Sanders um were out like rabbit hunting or doing whatever and they ran out of ammo and they came back to the farm <coughs> and Charles Arthur <laughs> asked his father Charlie Char- if he had any more more ammo that they could take and Charlie said he did have some but suggested that the boys go into the general store and buy some more because Charlie might want to use his ammo later so they did they wandered after the general store around 9 a.m. Arthur and his cousin um, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, okay, so, um, then we have Marie, the 17-year-old, was at the house getting all dressed and cute and curling her hair because, um, a local boy who she had a crush on was going to escort her to the Christmas program at church that night, Aww. and for Christmas, she baked this lovely layer cake with, with white sugar frosting, and she went and placed raisins all over the fucking cake. Decorated it with tiny raisins. I know you're making a face, but, like, what the fuck else were you supposed to decorate cakes with back then? Were sprinkles in a can, I think? I don't know. Did you say strawberries? No, I said just with the icing. Well, it's Christmas, Kinsey. Oh, well, I can't wait to make you know, a You know, when I cake. think of Christmas, I think of raisins. I'm going to on everything that I give you, ever. I'm going to start giving you things so that I can put raisins and frosting on them. Raisins were like a snack my mom gave me growing up, and I have like nothing but pure angst against them. Well, let me put them on a cake for you, and you'll change your mind. I'll throw that cake in your face. I don't know what I've just done. (laughs) Okay. So, but the cake, it just, the cake gets weirder and creepier later on, and like, we'll get there. Oh, good. It's just great. Okay, so we have Carrie and Mabel. They left the house. They were, so Carrie and Mabel, the two younger girls, left the house. They were going to head to their Uncle Marion's to say hi to everybody and 
Christmas, blah, 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 blah. Um, now, Charlie knew they were getting ready to go, and he was out at the tobacco barn, which you have to walk past to get to Uncle Marion's house. Um, so Charlie was out at the barn waiting for the girls to come, and as they neared, he shot them both with a 12-gauge shotgun. Oh, my um, God. It is clear that Carrie saw the shot coming because there was a gunshot hand or a gunshot wound in her hand because she raised it to cover her face. Uh, Mabel turned to run around. Charlie shot her in the back. Um, they were both obviously severely wounded. They were not dead. Um, he grabbed a piece of wood from the tobacco barn and bludgeoned them to death. Oh, my then, God. Yes. He then drug them into the barn where he laid them out and placed rocks under their heads, crossing their arms and closing their eyes. Um, and when he beat them to death, he also made sure to leave, like, their their faces, like, untouched. So there's, you know, no damage on their cute faces. Just beat the, beat them to death with a board everywhere else. It's so creepy. Right. Um, so obviously, like, the rest of the family heard the gunshots, blah 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 Fanny was outside on the front porch. <clears throat> Charlie made his way up to the house where he saw Fanny. She had firewood in her arms. Um, she clearly, he must have been looking like a fucking maniac with a shotgun. Because she dropped the wood and turned to run inside. And while she was doing that, Charlie shot her in the back, um, went up to the house, drug her body inside. Raymond, the little boy, was in the backyard playing with two uh, little neighbor boys. They all came running into the house to see what was going on. Um, William Hassel, one of Raymond's little friends, was the first one in the house, and he saw Fanny uh, laying on the floor bleeding while 17-year-old Marie was screaming. Um, Charlie raised up his gun in the air to beat Fanny, to start beating Fanny, um, but he realized she was dead when he did that. The boys obviously took the fuck off out the back door. Um, Marie got up and tried to run towards the fireplace, and they think she did this because, like, the poker and everything was there, and, like, she was going to try to defend herself. Sure. Um, but as she got up and began to run, Charlie then shot her in the back. Um, and it was so close that the gun blast snapped her neck uh, and her wrists in half, um, blew out several teeth. And this little boy, William Hassel, saw everything. Um, he told he never told his parents what he saw, but at the end of his life, he disclosed it to, like, his home health aide. And so the whole in Mary's body was so big that you could see all the way through. So he ran out of the house, ran home after he saw Charlie, like, Charlie noticed him. Um Charlie didn't stop what he was doing. He proceeded to beat Maria repeatedly with the butt of the rifle. Um, his son, James, hid under a trundle bed. His son, Raymond, crawled underneath the stove. He pulled Raymond out from under the stove and killed him by beating him with the gun. James began to run. Charlie caught him and did the same thing. And finally did the same thing to the four-month-old baby laying in her crib, bludgeoned them all to death. Ugh. But didn't touch their faces. But, like... He fucking beat a four-month-old baby to death with Which a gun. Which isn't hard. I'm sure one blow did it. Right. And, like, Jesus, what? I, whatever. But, okay. So one of Charlie's other brothers, Elijah, and his son were out rabbit hunting and decided to his residence to wish them a Merry Christmas. Uh, they noticed how eerily quiet it was. They went to push open the front door, and it stuck, and they looked in and realized that it's because Fanny's body was laying in front of it. Um, they looked in the window, saw Marie and the boys all dead <clears throat> on the ground floor of the house. Um, 
when they looked closer, they noticed that pillows had been placed underneath the heads of Fanny and all of the children, like same thing with the girls in the barn. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Elijah and his son began running around in neighboring houses asking for help. And while this was happening, 16-year-old Arthur had just gotten to the general store when someone ran in screaming that the Lawson family had been murdered. When Arthur took off and ran all the way home, was like, I was just there. This isn't possible. And when he got home, his uncle, you know, stopped him from running into the house. And they say that Arthur was just laying on the front porch, like, holding on to one of his mother's feet, just, like, screaming, as one would. Oh um, so in the meantime, Charlie wandered off into a pine thicket, the woods, for <laughs> layman's terms. The thicket You don't know what woods. that means. <laughs> um, he had his hunting dogs and his shotgun with him. And he took two receipts out of his pocket and began to write two notes. Um, one of them just said, troubles can cause, and the other one said, no one to blame, but, so neither note was finished. They were found there. Um, and he began circling the tree, which he did for hours. And you can tell because of the footprints in the snow, he just walked in a circle for hours and his dogs laid right there next to him. Um, by this time, crowds were gathering at the house. Uh, Charlie's brothers, George, Mary, and Elijah were the only people who had been inside, and they were doing their best to try to keep people out. It's already there. Um, one of the little boys that was playing with Raymond told police that he saw Charlie kill the family, and that everybody was pretty freaked out because Charlie hadn't been found. Um, so the sheriff came and ordered that the bodies of Carrie and Maybell be moved from the barn to the house. Um, when they entered the barn... They heard dogs start to bark, and they could tell that they were running towards the barn because the dogs were trained to protect the tobacco. Um, So as the dogs were barking and approaching, everybody heard a gunshot, which it was obvious that Charlie killed himself because he knew that once they saw his dogs, they'd know where to go look for him. Sure, sure. Charlie shot himself in the pine thicket. So the day after the murders, people began just, like, flocking to the house and, you know, wanting to get in and look at the crime scene. And people totally get, I think they find that super weird. But if you think about it, back then, like, they didn't have true crime television. They didn't have Dateline. They didn't have books or podcasts or whatever. Like, they were us. And this was the only way to, like, I mean, fuck, I probably would have gone or tried to. Right. (laughs) But, um, so this is, like, one of the only ways to fulfill their, like, weird, morbid curiosities. Yeah. Um, but the crime scene was not secured at all since there was no investigation since they were like, Charlie did it. Right. Um, so people began going through the house. Um, they would walk through like the pools of blood and <gasps> body tissue, no. brain matter, and they started what? taking souvenirs from the house. What? Such as raisins from the cake. They were picking off the raisins from the creepy Christmas cake and taking them home as souvenirs. And you have no idea how bad. Okay. Like, I've, I've wanted to hunt down one of these raisins for, like, a decade. Like, I would get on eBay and buy a raisin, even though I knew it was probably fake, just to fucking say I had a raisin from the goddamn raisin cake. Like, where do you think these raisins are? Do you think people, like, pass them down to their, you know? No, because like, probably they're, like... Like, I took this raisin like, off of this murder cake, and now I'm dying. Here you are, my were... child. No, their kids probably thought they were fucking nuts. <laughs> Fuck. The kids... No. The, those raisins are fucking out there somewhere. They don't go bad. Did you try Googling you? it? 
No, but I should. I'm afraid, you know what, if I start looking into this, I'm going to be like three hours later spending $45 on like a raisin from Etsy that someone says is from North Carolina in 1929. But, um, so eventually neighbors and family members came to the house and got everybody out. Um, there was so much blood on the floors that it had begun to freeze and Mary and Elijah had to literally chisel it off and then scrape it out of the house with shovels Aww. and they buried all of this frozen blood in the backyard. Um, one of the men doing cleanup actually watched one of the sightseers pull a canning jar out of his pocket and scoop up Fanny's blood off the front porch and like take it home as a souvenir. Are you serious? Yes. Um... So they were feeling pretty defeated. So Marion and his family fenced off the property and began charging 25 cents for admission into the house. And they did this to raise money for the mortgage payments so that Arthur wouldn't lose the farm. Okay. And don't worry, because he did also put a glass dome over the raisin cake so that no more raisins could be plucked. Isn't that nice? And I read somewhere that he actually ended up burying the cake. But I also read that someone bought it at an auction and then she buried it. Who knows? Either way, the cake has been buried, I think. <laughs> either way, it's in the... Whatever. Um, but I think it was like five something. They kept the house open to the public. Um, eventually, they shut it down. And Marion and his daughter, Stella, who was raising the other kids because his wife had died, okay. um, took all of the bloody furniture and everything out of the house and burned it. And the house was eventually torn down and the... Lumber was used to build this creepy fucking little bridge out in the middle of nowhere that is also no longer standing, but there's, like, remnants there. I want to go and find, like, the frozen blood holes. The frozen you know? blood hole. Like, how that fucking, was this is the kind words. of juju that you're throwing into the dirt. No, thanks. Fuck that. Um, so as far as Arthur goes, he started going by Buck in later years. Um... A lot of people questioned why Charlie did all this and let Arthur live. Some people think it's so that, like, his the family name could live on. But some people also think that it's because Charlie knew Arthur could, like, fight back. And nobody else could. So maybe that's why he waited for him to leave, so he wouldn't have anybody trying to stop him. Well, so he had, a, he had friends with him? Arthur did? Arthur had a cousin with him, yeah. Had a cousin. And then, wait, what about the, there were little boys in the back? Yeah, but they were like four or five. And he so didn't like, care about them? No. So they think, like, really the only, it, I think it makes the most sense that he did this when Arthur was at home because Arthur would have, like, was big enough to, like, fight him. That's just and so could have tried to stop him. weird to me that he left the boys in the back alone. Right, which shows you, like, he really didn't give a shit about, he just wanted to kill his family, but you know. why? We'll get to that. Okay. Oh my you oh. just hold right on. Okay. So, Char Buck, Charlie, eventually married a woman named Nina, for children, his uncle Marion's construction business, after he lost the farm. And when he was 31 years old, he was killed in a car accident. Oh. So, all in all, Charlie's life. Not Charlie. Fucking Arthur. I'm sorry. Arthur's life sucked. Big time. Um, so there was a ton of speculation and lots of questions as to why Charlie went fucking bananas and killed the whole family. Some people thought it was maybe a head injury. Um, but one of the men who worked at the funeral home 
that handled the bodies was a recent graduate from Johns Hopkins, and he sent Charlie's brain in to be studied, but no abnormalities were found. So head injuries out. Weird. Um, and then in 1990, a book was written by local authors called White Christmas, Bloody Christmas, which I am waiting to pick up my copy from the Denver Central Library. I will go ahead and get that on Tuesday. I'm very excited. Um, it was, these people researched very thoroughly. They only printed a thousand copies of the book, so you can find it online, but it's expensive. <laughs> okay. Um, after that book came out, Stella, cousin Stella, came forward to talk to these people and made a sequel called The Meaning of Our Tears. Um, that sequel focuses on the information that Stella gave them. So remember, recap, Stella, Marion's daughter. Mother died in childbirth. So Stella spent a lot of time hanging out with Fanny and, like, the other aunts. Because okay. she was, a, like, a mother figure. Um, she had overheard Fanny talking to the other women about how Marie, the 17-year-old, had confessed to her that she was pregnant and that it was Charlie's kid. What? Yep. So, um, and Stella didn't tell anybody this till you know, years she was, later. like, a billion years old. And it's not that she was, like, unreliable by any means, but once she came forward with this, Marie's um, best friend at the time. <clears throat> I'm sorry, guys. I just, bear with me. I'm probably breathing really heavy, too. You're fine. It's fine. Um, so Marie's best friend at the time, Ella May, said that just a few weeks before Christmas, they were having a sleepover, and Marie confided in her that she was pregnant by Charlie, and that both he and Fanny knew about it, and she told LMA that Charlie had threatened to kill them all, um, especially Fanny found out. And yes, there are obviously ways for this to be proven now, you know, right. dig her up, autopsy, whatever, but at this point in time, I think it's safe to say that, like, that was the case, yeah. and he was a monster, and molested, raped his child, got her pregnant, and then killed the whole fucking family. Um, but... Yeah, so I just want to keep talking about the raisin cake, but that is the very, in a nutshell, case of the Lawson family murders. Get online and look at that fucking picture right now, because once you know, you just see, like, Marie just looks, like, dead inside, and Charlie looks like a fucking creep. I wonder how far along she was. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, it couldn't have been too long. Because, like, nobody else really knew, so she obviously wasn't showing. And I feel like it had gotten to the point where she only told her mom just because she had to. And it's just, it's so, like, the guy she had a crush on who took her to the, who was going to take her to the Christmas pageant. She'd, like, mailed him a little Christmas card Aww. a couple days before, and he found it in his mailbox, like, a week later. And his daughter said that when he died, she found that card, but he'd, like, never told her anything about it. But he kept this little card from Marie... And, like, Fanny was buried holding the baby. There were, like, like an insane, like, 5,000 people or something tried to come to their funeral. And I think it's super fucked up. Like, they're buried in one big, like, mass family plot. Like, yeah. put, that guy, put that guy off to the side somewhere. Wait, Charlie was also buried? Yes, the and it's, like, this huge stone. It's, like, father, mother, children. Yeah, like, fuck that shit. Wow. Right? I just like I couldn't I can't imagine that he would kill his whole family just because he got his daughter pregnant. Like that's a secret that they could hide forever. Especially fucking back then. Yeah. 
Like, nobody knows shit back then. You could hide anything from anybody. And yeah. even if people knew about it, they didn't talk about I it. I mean, so. all you had to say was, oh, my daughter got pregnant. Right? They don't need to kill everybody. But, I mean, yeah, so obviously he was, like, pretty fucked up, but... Wow. It's just... There's just so many little factoids that I could just talk about this forever, but I just, like... That's a good one. I want to read this book now. (laughs) Well, I'm going to have it for, like, two weeks, and I'll probably fly through it in, like, a couple days if you want it. I do. I do. But, so, um... Yeah, That's Charlie cool. Lawson and the Lawson family Raisin Cake Christmas Day Massacre. Raisin Cake like Massacre. <laughs> I just, I don't know why that part fascinates me so much. It's that. so weird, though. Like, I want to, I feel like today's crime scenes aren't as interesting. But, I mean, like, it's... if they were, I would probably fucking go there. No. See, I'd say I want a raisin, but there's so much juju associated with that raisin. Yeah, you it fuck my whole life up if I brought it into my home. Haunt you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, well, that was but, good. I'm glad I didn't look up anything about it. I was me too. happily surprised I just, I feel and like devastated. I've left out things. Like, what could I possibly left out? Who knows? Nothing. Just everything. Thanks for devastating me. <laughs> I, want, I just want everybody to get online and look at that picture. Yeah, I looked at it multiple times while you were talking. <laughs> oh, isn't it gross? It is. Did I post the picture of the living room with blood everywhere? Is that what's in that picture? Maybe. I don't remember. I was in the hospital when I did it. Yeah. That looks awful. <sighs> well, Merry Christmas. Three weeks late. It's not kill anybody on I'm Christmas. Just, I hope that you guys so appreciate Christmas in January. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Like, people really care that much, I hope. <laughs> All God. right. Well, as I said, I will check the email. I'm going to get on it right now. Yeah. Email yep. us Ask at... For what you Caesar chicken salad. A shoulder to cry on. At gmail.com. Just Instagram. Write us. Instagram's what? A shoulder to crime on podcast? <laughs> podcast, yeah. They'll <laughs> figure it out. If you're listening to this... What are you if you're one of, like, the handful of listeners we have, I'm sure you already know where to find Yes. Let's, well, hopefully we have new listeners. Okay. Um, what else? So, yeah, emails with weird things. Obviously, I like biology, but I like murder more. But emails with anything. <laughs> I just want to read an email from well, someone that's not, like, trying to get me to pay a bill or sending me a tracking number. You know, it you helps know? if we log into the email. So. We will. <laughs> So we will. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us for episode eight and staying with us as Lucy figures out her life and I as well. So, gonna be a while. <laughs> Hopefully, the next episode's not as delayed. <laughs> it won't. We're gonna. It's gonna. What are we doing? Fans who flip. I think so. Flipping fans. Flipping fans. Fans flipping. Flipping. Uh, flipping fans. So okay. yeah, join us next week right. for flipping fans. For flipping fans. I'm gonna feed my dog. Myself, Kinsey, it was great to see you. It was great seeing you. Don't actually hang up on me this time, though. Okay. (laughs) Okay, goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Shoulder to Crime On. Our music is by Oliver Liu. Our cover art and editing by Kinsey Turner. You can email us at ashouldertocrimeon at gmail.com. Follow our Instagram at ashouldertocrimeonpodcast. Or become a supporting Patreon at patreon.com slash a shoulder to crime on.
Thanks, and see you next week.